patriots and other interested parties. Today is Sunday, April 25th, 2021, and we are going to discuss the week ahead. I am not a lawyer. I am not a doctor. I am not a financial advisor. Nothing in this episode should be considered as financial, medical, or legal advice. I do not call for or support unconstitutional, illegal acts of or planning for violence. Any hope of restoring the Republic lies in supporting and abiding by the Constitution. Their regime is coming down on us like a hammer. Let us not give them a reason to go faster. Well, friends, the week ahead will see a lot of activity. Mayor Lightfoot is denouncing his rumor, reports made here and in other outlets, about alleged domestic challenges and alleged problematic amorous entanglements. C'est la vie. However, I can now say it is very likely these allegations may not be unfounded rumor. It was reported that a bunch of Black Lives Matter domestic terrorists were terrorizing a neighborhood in support of a carjacker shot by police until they found out he was white, as reported by BigLeaguePolitics.com. The truth is the truth. The very meaning of words change from day to day. So, on one hand, we are living in the very definition of gaslight. On the other, we have the very real prospect of imminent war, here and worldwide. A possible kinetic action here at home, a crumbling economy, the tightening of the grip of tyranny, mass injections of genetic modification agents causing death and absolutely gruesome and horrifying side effects. Good grief. If you took Aldous Huxley, George Orwell, and H.G. Wells and put them in a room with a ream of paper and one typewriter, they would send out for H.P. Lovecraft to come in and help flesh out the finale. Last week, I was talking to someone who owns rental property. We were discussing the huge losses he and other property owners have taken in the past year. He said that there are many who are so in debt, they're simply declaring bankruptcy, handing the keys to the bank, and walking away. So I looked at the housing markets, including rental and mortgage payments and arrears by county, nationwide. It looks like about 20 million households are in danger of eviction if the moratoriums are ever lifted. That's households, not people. There are approximately three people in each American household. There are about 83 million families in the U.S. Therefore, you can safely assume that of 20 million households, 6 million of them have families. So, potentially 32 million homeless Americans by the end of the year, or very close to it. Next, I went through the CDC website for any new data. I came across their page, once again, on preparing for the zombie apocalypse. I read through that for the umpteenth time. Still interesting. Next, I watched an interview with Dr. Tenpenny and Dr. Bakhti. As a nightcap, next I watched the first two episodes of The Walking Dead. So, here is your zombie apocalypse. There are many dates being thrown around as to when the rent and mortgage moratorium will be lifted. 
Dave Hodges reported, and I can confirm, back channels out of D.C., the District of Corruption, indicate that on October 18th, the rent and mortgage moratoriums will end. Evictions will not be immediate. In most cases, they will take at least a month or more. Right about the dead of winter, in the height of the flu season, possibly tens of millions added to the homeless population almost overnight, scores dying from the cytokine storms and other side effects of the vaccine activated by the onset of influenza, including one side effect which damages the prions in a manner similar to CJD, Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease. You may have heard of it as mad cow disease. Yes, exactly. Add to that the inevitable supply chain interruptions that are even now happening with increasing regularity and reach, and only God knows what else, and you will have hundreds of thousands or more people in various stages of hunger, untreated mental illness, deranged street drug reactions, and many in advanced neurological distress wandering the streets and roads with nowhere to go while deathly ill and in a feverish delirium. Oh, what a world we are living in. So many surprises each and every day. It has been reported that following the firing of 36 rockets from the Gaza Strip overnight Friday, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said to prepare for, quote, any scenario, unquote, from the Gaza Strip, reported by Yeshiva News. Another rocket was fired on Motse Shabos, triggering sirens in Sederot and nearby communities. The projectile was intercepted by the Iron Dome. The escalation overnight Friday was the most serious cross-border attack from the Strip in months, with sirens blaring in numerous southern communities, sending residents running to bomb shelters. Fortunately, no injuries were reported, but the rockets caused damage in a number of areas. So the headline is, Israel may be forced to act, and to that I laughed and laughed. When has Israel ever let anyone tell them what to do and force their hand? Remember, folks, if it's reported in the MSM and parroted by big tech, one, it's probably a lie. Two, their reality is not what they show you. And three, it's almost always a distraction. In Poison Jab News... It has been reported that blacks in Washington are getting vaccinated while whites are forced to stand by. Now, this is being reported in outrage. And how could they act in such a racist manner and not allow good white folks to be injected with this poison? Well, Frankly, I have absolutely no problem with this. I propose giving the mRNA gene editing injection to all BLM and Antifa members first. 
Then, all liberal and rhino members of Congress, and all other politicians. Then, the bankers and lobbyists, the Joint Chiefs, and the Supreme Court, except Alito. We like Alito. After all, they are the most important people in the country, and they should be safe from the China virus. This week, we'll see more examples of police in the crosshairs. Their every move analyzed and reported under the rubric of narrative. As reported in TheBlaze.com, there is a shortage of police with cops retiring in droves, a recruiting crisis amid applications at a historical low. They're blaming this on the defund the police and the abolish the police movements. The constant negative coverage of law enforcement by the media and anti-police sentiment in Congress. However, as was asked by Joe Cliff 13, who in their right mind would want to become a police officer right now? And my response is the same as it has been for a year. Who indeed? The point of the defund the police narrative, the stripping of protections, the reduction in authority, all of this is not meant to get rid of the police. It is meant to remove any officers who would stand in the way of the narrative and replace them with woke, cuck, weak, soy toy imbeciles. This is the end game. In order to more completely contribute to the absolute disintegration of our cultural identity, it is important for the powers that be to enforce as many upside-down and ridiculous rules as they possibly can. In other words, by confusing and pissing off all of the whites and the conservatives, the Christians and the patriots, they will inevitably force a kinetic response. Now, Kyle Rittenhouse is an example. This young man bravely attended a riot in order to render medical aid to those who needed it. He also carried a firearm in self-defense, which is smart when you're wading into an active fascist crime scene. He was set upon by a few pedophiles and other violent domestic terrorists. What to do? You're a 17-year-old boy being chased after by absolutely insane and obsessed criminal leftist pedophiles. What do you do? Well, you can stand your ground, ask them to stop, and wait for the police. This would be the overriding narrative coming from the current communist regime. Or you can run. Now, running has its advantages and its disadvantages. You run in the event that A, you have the stamina and the physical endurance to be able to withstand being chased for an unknown length of time 
and for an unknown distance. B, you are running towards safety, which is relatively close, or toward those who would surround you and protect you from those who are chasing you. Or C, you run until you cannot run any longer, you turn, you aim, you warn, and you engage, which is what he did. And so by forcing his response, the powers that be were able to create the narrative that fit what they were trying to present to the world. And it is the same with Derek Chauvin and the brave police officer who took down that mad dog knife-wielding hood rat who was on a murderous rampage, as well as examples of many hundreds and thousands of other actions by police and by conservative Christian patriots to defend themselves, their property, their families, loved ones, and other innocent persons. When all of the good cops quit, retire, are arrested on spurious charges, and go fetal and stop doing their jobs for fear of reprisal, we will then see an outcry in the communities to increase policing. Right on cue, the academies will find classes full of applicants. And these applicants are comprised of BLM, Antifa, straight-up gangbangers, illegal immigrants, other felons, and assorted miscreants. How, you may ask, will these people be bonded and allowed to be acting in a law enforcement capacity? easy. It's the same as the military taking kids that have gender identity issues. They change the rules of admission. Watch for this. Your communities are going to reduce the standards by which police officers are chosen and sworn in. This has already begun. Again, folks, they do not want to get rid of the police. They will create new police forces populated by leftist radical terrorists and the police departments that cannot be so infiltrated will be backed up by federal law enforcement, all of which is now either completely or in the process of being converted into a leftist chimera of the Stasi and the GRU. Over to ZeroHedge.com. Tyler Durden today posted an article that I will summarize here. I suggest you go to ZeroHedge.com and read it in its entirety. The Associated Press 
has concluded an investigation of a shadowy company set up last September connected to a DARPA FBI contractor who is known for touting a lawful intercept internet spy device to government agencies and law enforcement over 10 years ago. This company took over a massive portion of the Pentagon's idle internet addresses on the day of Resident Bribin's illegal installation on January 20th. The valuable internet real estate has since quadrupled to 175 million IP addresses, which were previously owned by the United States Department of Defense. This equates to about 125th the size of the current Internet, and over twice the size of the Internet space actually used by the Pentagon. Quote, it is massive. This is the biggest thing in the history of the Internet, unquote, said Doug Madori, director of Internet analysis at network operating company Kentik. The company in question, Global Resource Systems, was established by a Beverly Hills attorney and now resides in a shared workspace above a Florida bank. The company did not return phone calls or emails from the Associated Press. It has no web presence, though it has the domain grscorp.com. Its name does not appear on the directory of its plantation Florida domicile, and a receptionist drew a blank when an AP reporter asked for a company representative at the office earlier this month. She found its name on a tenant list and suggested trying email. Records show the company has not obtained a business license in Plantation. According to the AP report, Global Resource Systems is incorporated in Delaware and registered by a Beverly Hills lawyer. Global Resource Systems, LLC, now manages more internet space than China Telecom, AT&T, or Comcast. One name is linked to Global Resource Systems in the Florida Business Registry, that of Raymond Saulino, who as recently as 2018 was listed in Nevada corporate records as a managing director of a national cybersecurity internet surveillance company called Packet Forensics. According to the report, the company had nearly $40 million in publicly disclosed federal contracts over the past decade, with the FBI and the Pentagon's Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, known as DARPA, among its customers. In 2011, Packet Forensics and Saulino, its spokesman, were featured in a Wired story because the company was selling an appliance to government agencies and law enforcement that let them spy on people's web browsing using forged security certificates. The company continues to sell lawful intercept equipment according to its website.
One of its current contracts with DARPA is for, quote, harnessing autonomy for countering cyber adversary systems, unquote. A contract description says it is investigating, quote, technologies for conducting safe, non-disruptive, and effective active defense operations in cyberspace, unquote. Contract language from 2019 says the program would investigate the feasibility of creating safe and reliable autonomous software agencies that can effectively counter malicious botnet implants and similar large-scale malware, unquote. Salino is also listed as a principal with a company called Tidewater Laskin Associates, incorporated in 2018 and sharing the same Virginia Beach, Virginia address as Packet Forensics, a UPS store with different mailbox numbers. Tidewater obtained an FCC license in April 2020 for unknown reasons. Calls to the number listed on the Tidewater Laskin FCC filing are answered by an automated service that offers four different options but doesn't connect callers with a single one, recycling all calls to the initial voice recording. Salino did not return phone calls seeking comment, and a longtime colleague at Packet Forensics, Rodney Joffe, said he believed Salino was retired. Joffe, a cybersecurity luminary, declined further comment. Joffe is Chief Technical Officer at Newstar Incorporated, which provides internet intelligence and services for major industries, including telecommunications and defense. Source AP. And now, a company linked to Salino, which didn't exist before September, took control of a massive chunk of the Pentagon's internet space on Inauguration Day for unknown reasons. According to a terse and opaque explanation from the Pentagon's Brett Goldstein, head of the Defense Digital Service, which is running the project, the military hopes to, quote, assess, evaluate, and prevent unauthorized use of DOD IP address space, unquote, and, quote, identify potential vulnerabilities, unquote, in order to defend against cyber intrusions by global adversaries who consistently infiltrate U.S. networks, occasionally from unused internet blocks. What that has to do with global resource systems is anyone's guess. Explanations for what the internet space could be used for are purely speculative and include honeypots, machines set up with vulnerabilities laid as bait to draw hackers, quote, or it could be looking to set up dedicated infrastructure, software and servers to scour traffic for suspect activity, unquote. Mattery added, this greatly increases the space they could monitor, unquote. Why did the Pentagon choose Global Resource Systems, a company linked to a spooky individual, on Inauguration Day? 
as to why the DOD would have done that, I'm a little mystified. Same as you, Internet pioneer Paul Vixie told AP. Deepening the mystery is Global Resource Systems' name. It is identical to that of a firm that independent internet fraud researcher Ron Gilmet says was sending out email spam using the very same internet routing identifier. It shut down more than a decade ago. All that differs is the type of company. This one's a limited liability corporation. The other was a corporation. Both used the same street address in Plantation, a suburb of Fort Lauderdale. Quote, it's deeply suspicious, unquote, said Gilmet, who unsuccessfully sued the previous incarnation of Global Resource Systems in 2006 for unfair business practices. Gilmet considers such masquerading, known as slipstreaming, a ham-handed tactic in this situation. Quote, if they wanted to be more serious about hiding this, they could have not used Ray Saulino and this suspicious name. Gilmet and Midori were alerted to the mystery when network operators began inquiring about it on an email list in mid-March, but almost everyone involved didn't want to talk about it. Mike Leber, who owns Hurricane Electric, the internet backbone company handling the address blocks traffic, did not return emails or phone messages. Despite an internet address crunch, the Pentagon, which incidentally created the internet, has shown no interest in selling any of its address space, and a Defense Department spokesman, Russell Gomer, told the AP on Saturday that none of the newly announced space has been sold. Now, what's the takeaway from all of this? It's a smokescreen. Most of the information in this article was meant to throw you off the scent. But I will tell you right now, do not be surprised if the U.S. closes itself off from the greater world wide web and all of this extra space is to set up a countrywide intranet allowing only those chosen few to connect to the greater world wide web. For example, think China, North Korea, Vietnam, Venezuela, Laos, and Cambodia as singular examples of countries who have set up their own intranets and not allowed the average citizen to access the World Wide Web. Friends, the week ahead promises to bring, as last week and the week before, Interesting advances in the narrative and the grip of tyranny. Now, the Maricopa County election audit is ongoing. I doubt there will be any result by the end of this coming week. However, we will, of course, monitor all developments. And in case there is a result announced, a final audit we will post a midweek podcast to cover that. Keep your friends and your loved ones and your families close and tell them how you feel about them. Spend your time doing the things that make you happy and enjoy quality time with God 
in prayer with your family. I pray to God in Jesus' name, blessings upon you, your family, and your loved ones. I also pray in Jesus' name that God protect and preserve Christian patriots and restore the republic.